pouring from the buildings now. There's cars toppled, buildings entirely crushed and crumbled. I'm not sure if it's safe to report from my vantage point. I, I really need to leave. So the fences inform me that the surrounding areas are, are in ruin. I, I see some people running now. In the opinion of this reporter, if this nation, or in fact the world, ever needed heroes, that time is now. That time is now. Exciting episode of the Fire and Water Podcast, proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm your host, Rob Kelly, and Shag is off again this week, but we have some wonderful guests. It's our pals, Chris and Cindy Franklin. Hello, guys. Hello. Hello. We are here to talk about a very, very special moment in Aquaman history. This is an episode of Superman, the animated series, what I like to call the underrated Superman, the animated series. This is very a, true. Yeah, this is a third series episode, A Fish Story, which is the sole episode of the series that features Aquaman. This is a big, big deal. I was super excited at the time. I watched this as it aired because I was so excited. I mean, I watched Superman anyway, but I was so excited that you know they were finally working Aquaman into this universe. Now, did you guys? I did you? I assume you guys watched the show when it aired, like you did for Batman. Yeah, oh, yeah. definitely. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was a brief period where we didn't have access to um, the. WB when it yeah moved to the, the cable w- issues yeah well in, in the college town we were in did not have a WB channel but my mom was taping them every weekend for Aww, us <laughs> that's nice. that's but nice. I think by this point yeah we were we were back around here and it was airing you know we yeah. watched it when it aired yeah yeah I I Superman the animated series is not as for whatever reason like I, I, it seems doesn't seem like it's as beloved as Batman the animated series I mean Batman the animated series is the ultimate example of like how to do Batman, I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think I think the Superman anime series is of a, of a piece with the Batman anime series in terms of quality, and I think it is it's a great version of Superman. Like to me, it's like let's do a live action version of this Superman, of this Metropolis. I loved all the the way they worked the um, villi- the um, the other heroes. Doctor Fate appeared on the show, and the Flash, and of course Aquaman and. The Mystics episode is like one of the funniest things I've ever seen on television. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why this show is not as beloved. Maybe it's because Batman fans are just more kind of diehard than Superman fans or something. But I love this series. I loved everything about it. I, th- I think part of it, too, is it might be that maybe when it was on, like the WB wasn't quite as big. Of course, it's now the CW. 
And so you had Batman on animated on Fox, and then you had Superman move to the WB, and then you had Batman move along with him. And for a while, it was Superman, Batman, uh, the Batman, Superman Adventures. And then by the time you got the Justice League, it was back on Cartoon Network, which was more readily available. So that that might even have some, maybe people just didn't not as many people saw it the first time around. You know what I mean? I don't. That could be something to do with it. Yeah, that's possible. Because every, I mean, Justice League Unlimited is certainly very well remembered and well well loved. But this this series kind of falls in between those two pillars. So yeah, I think it's I think it's just terrific. And we'll we'll get into the details of this particular episode. But before we do that, we have to thank our sponsor, which is In Stock Trades. This episode of the Fire and Water Podcast is sponsored in part by InStockTrades.com. InStock Trades is your best online source for trades, hardcovers, and other collected editions, all for up to forty five percent off with free shipping. For orders of fifty dollars or more, Chris, what do you have? I have Batman Harley and Ivy Deluxe Edition hardcover because it is by uh, Superman the Animated Series uh, producer creator uh, Bruce Tim and Paul Dini. Now Paul Dini didn't write this particular episode, but he was a producer, and of course Bruce Tim was the the showrunner and uh, designed a lot of the most of the characters. Uh, so in stock trades, a uh, little blurb about it says. Uh, from Paul Dini and Bruce Timm, the masterminds behind the critically acclaimed Batman the Animated Series, comes this early adventure of Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, packed with hilarious hijinks and tons of action. Harley and Ivy want to take down the Batman once and for all, but first, Harley's got to prove that she has what it takes to make it as a bona fide villain in Gotham City. This new hardcover also includes tales from Batman Adventures Holiday Special Number 1, Batman Gotham Knight Number 14, Batman and Robin Adventures Number 8, Batman Adventures Annual Number One, Batman Adventures Batman Adventures Number One, and Batman Black and White Number Three, all featuring Harley Quinn. In stock, uh, the original price was twenty four ninety nine. The in stock trade price is thirteen seventy four. You save forty five percent, and that's really cool. This is a hardcover, so that's a sweet price. Very cool. Yeah, I remember when that came out. I mean, I, Bruce Tim, man, you just can't like him in comic form. Oh, it's just such good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so beautiful. So, yeah, I actually went the Bruce Tim route as well. My selection is giant-sized kung fu Bible stories, which is from Image, and it's a treasury edition. This is a treasury-sized comic. It's a one-off that they put out back in 2014. It was originally released during the San Diego Comic-Con. Now, despite the title, it is not Bible stories. It is. This is just a bunch of kind of random words that they slap together for, to kind of as a, as a reference to the classic treasury editions. These are not Bible stories or Bible adaptations. There's no Kung Fu in it either. So um, <laughs> I'll give you the description. It's the smash hit of SDCC 2014 is being made available to your store. The deluxe limited treasury edition by the world's greatest cartoonists with all new art, characters, and stories is being made available in limited quantities to comic book specialty editors. It's uh, editors Bruce Tim and Eric Larson pulled out all the stops and assembling this all-star cast of creators and characters. This oversized treasury edition features the first appearance of a host of new characters plus an appearance by an old favorite. It's an opportunity to get your grubby mitts on the first appearance of dozens of new characters. The creators involved in this in terms of doing writing and art for it are Bruce Tim, Adam Warren, Tom Shealy, Ryan Otley, Eric Larson, and Andy Kuhn, and Art Adams. It is a beautiful book. It's a ton of fun. Uh, I just absolutely love it. And, of course, it's a treasure edition. So, I mean, that's right in my jam there. It's perfect. So you can get this. The normal price uh, for giant size 
Kung Fu Bible Stories is $20, but an in-stock trades price is only $11. That's 45% off. So it's great. And for those of you who love treasures, and you know I do, uh, this is a really fun book to, to pick up. It features all these different art styles, lots of different crazy stuff going on. It's just a really handsome volume. So pick this one up, as well as Batman, Harley, and Ivy. So for these and all your other trade paperback needs, please visit InStockTrades.com. All right, so let's move on to a fish story. This is from Season 3 of Superman the Animated Series. It's Episode 9. It aired May 8, 1999. It's written by Alan Burnett, Hilary Bader, and Rich Fogel, and directed by Sinichi Suji. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen go out for a day trip on their friend Bibbo's boat. Lately, there have been rumors of boats being attacked, but of course Lois doesn't believe any of it. That is, until Bibbo's boat starts being attacked by two killer whales, knocking the boat almost completely over. Jimmy sets off his signal watch, calling, of course, Superman. Superman arrives and fights off the whales just enough to save the ship and everyone on it. Later, back in Metropolis, Jimmy and Lois visit the Metropolis SeaWorld and its top researcher, Dr. Cardi, nice, says all, the strange, says all the strange behavior exhibited by the sea life is due to a mating instinct. Lois doesn't buy this either, and she has good reason to. We see that Cardi is under the thumb of Lex Luthor, who talks of some mysterious experiment going on. Lois sneaks her way inside a, behind a locked door, and she's shocked by what she sees, a large water-filled cylinder, and inside it is a trapped Aquaman. Lois calls Jimmy and tells her what she's found, but Dr. Cardi, brandishing a gun, gets the drop on her and forces her and Aquaman into a tanker truck. Lois asks Aquaman, who she always thought was an urban legend, what's going on. Aquaman says that, her, that, Aquaman says that her people are about to cause the death of millions, and he's trying to stop it. Turns out LexCorp has been setting off explosions under the sea, close to Atlantis, causing extensive damage. Aquaman investigated, and his peaceful overtures were met with violence. When Lois asks what's next, if Aquaman can't get LexCorp to stop, he grimly says, war. Some of Luthor's goons bring Aquaman and Lois to the beach, where they intend to shoot them both and keep them quiet for good. But before they can fire off a shot, a flock of seagulls, the real ones, not the band, swoop down and attack. One of them grabs the set of handcuff keys, dropping them into Aquaman's hands. Aquaman frees himself and then busts some heads. Aquaman and Lois escape by jumping on a nearby motorcycle and tear off down Metropolis' version of the PCH. Some of Luther's henchmen give chase, firing bullets at them. When Lois sees they run out of road, Aquaman shows her to keep driving, right off a cliff into the ocean. Trying to escape the hail of bullets, Lois swims further out to sea, but is seemingly attacked by a giant white shark. Thor's henchmen assume Lois is dead, but they have another problem, Superman. He makes quick work of them and then searches for Lois Lane. Turns out, of course, that the shark was doing Aquaman's bidding and was saving Lois, not attacking. Superman scoops Lois out of the water, and Aquaman is silently carried away by his shark pal. Superman busts into an aircraft carrier that Luthor is aboard, about to set off another round of experimental explosions. Lois demands Luthor cease the explosions, but of course Luthor will do no such thing. He's in international waters and within his legal rights to conduct the experiment. Under the surface, Aquaman tries to deactivate Luthor's latest bomb, but is grabbed by giant metal pincers manned by some of Luthor's goons. He commands some electric seals to zap the ship, and when they do, freeing him just as Superman arrives. Another set of henchmen let loose a rock slide under the water, momentarily trapping Superman. Meanwhile, Luthor orders the explosives to be detonated, not even caring that some of his own men are still down there. He also has Lois thrown overboard. Just as he's about to set off the bomb, a trident comes hurtling onto the deck, pinning Luthor's hand to the wall. They look outside and see Aquaman. Behind Aquaman, the waves begin to part, and out of the water rises an Atlantean warship, bigger than a city block. Several smaller ships and cannons arise from it, ready to fire. 
The Elanians are ready, waiting for their king's command. Lois is startled to also hear that Aquaman is also a king. Superman asks Aquaman to stand down, and Aquaman is aghast he would side with them, since they are poisoning the skies the way they are poisoning the oceans. Superman tries to explain to Aquaman that not all surface dwellers are like Luthor, and some are trying to help preserve the planet. Aquaman takes this news uneasily, but he heeds Superman's plea and has his men stand down. But as he begins to walk away, one of the men on Luthor's ship becomes enraged, firing a harpoon at Aquaman's back. Aquaman turns around and, with lightning-fast reflexes, catches the harpoon inches away from his chest. Some of Aquaman's lieutenants, jumping the gun, literally, begin to fire on the Navy ship, blowing up parts of it. Luthor hops in a helicopter and escapes, leaving the Navy ship he was using and its crew behind, as they jump into the water to escape their burning, crumbling vessel. As the aircraft carrier sinks into the ocean, Aquaman warns Superman that he has given the surface dwellers one last chance. In the meantime, he'll be watching. And that is the end of the episode. So, uh, guys, what do you think of this one? Uh, I think uh, I think it's a really strong, bold story for Aquaman. I mean, that I think this was a was probably DC's first line in the sand of Aquaman is not a joke. You know, yeah. Uh, this is and this proves that classic looking Aquaman can also be a badass. He yes. doesn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> He doesn't have to be Jason Momoa to be a badass, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> he doesn't have to go deep. Oh, stop, Cindy, please. <laughs> I'm sorry, Andrew. I'm having tri- trigger warning, trigger warning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, now I will say that Aquaman is perhaps at his most Namor-like in this episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the ship that comes up at the end looks like a you know, there's a lot of Kirby influence in, in Superman, the animated series. Uh, obviously they use a lot of Kirby characters, uh, and Bruce Timm's a huge Jack Kirby fan, but that giant whale warship looks like something straight out of a, you know, fantastic four Namor invasion issue. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. And so, so I think they, you know, they borrowed a bit of Namor here, but he's not, I mean, Aquaman's not the hothead that Namor is. I mean, he's, he's pretty justified in what he does, but he's also, not screwing around either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a good introduction. I mean, like they never got to bring him back, but th- it's a good way to bring him into the universe where you could later on modulate him and soften him a little. But it, I, I like the idea that Aquaman is an urban legend. Like it makes so much mm-hmm. more sense that Aquaman's an urban legend as opposed to Batman. The Batman urban legend thing never made a lick of sense to me. Me but, neither. Yeah, no. but Aquaman totally works as an urban legend. That there's somebody out there who is protecting the seas and i love i love that angle and yeah the whole thing about that he looks like classic aquaman and we should mention of course he's voiced by miguel ferrer the great Mm -hmm. the great late great unfortunately miguel ferrer who brings that wonderful deep voice i'm not going to try and do it because i can't but he he brings such authority to aquaman just just by the the sheer tone of his voice yeah everything he says you know you 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 believe and he's got He's got that, uh, you know, just enough uh, grit in his voice to back it up. Everything he says, it's uh, he was great, and, and and you know, you know, moving forward in the continuity, when next we see Aquaman on Justice League, he's got the long hair and the beard, but you can kind of see this Aquaman kind of becoming that Aquaman, you know, and yes. you can you can see what the extremes that Aquaman goes to to save his son, which I love in that episode of that first episode with Aquaman on justice league. Uh, you, you can see this Aquaman doing that. It all goes together very well. 
Yeah, the, the 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 not to get off topic a little, but on the just like that that whole version of why he loses his hand to me, that's the best version. If you have to give him the harpoon hand, they did the best version of it. Definitely, yes. definitely, definitely. Yeah, the the only thing about this episode that I I'm a little the uh, a little down on the animation is a little rough for for the animated series. I mean, occasionally. You get, I mean, I mean, they, it doesn't they, have quite the polish, right? I mean, it, it, it's, it's. I think at this point, uh, some of these episodes, they were actually sending. I think they were doing storyboards and sending everything, uh, everything overseas. Like the director was even at the studio that they sent to have it animated, and sometimes the shows came back and they looked really slick, and a lot of times they look even more anime than they normally would. But in this case, it's just kind of. Eh, I don't know. It's just kind of stiff, and there's a couple, couple of places where like faces are off and things. It's just, it's probably something that we didn't notice in 1999 so much, but now that we've got you know HD TVs and DVDs, and uh, you know you can you can pick up on it a lot more. But I mean that doesn't that doesn't hurt the story at all. There's plenty. I mean we survived the Super Friends, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, right. Three three-handed Green Lantern and you know right. reverse Batman and duplicate Batman. Yeah, we can we can get by with this. Yeah, I I, right. I agree. I right. love the I love the thing where the shark picks up Lois and drags her, and she is unconscious when 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 the shark first picks her up, and she wakes up while the shark is carrying her. Yeah, he's, he's like carrying her by like the the back of her coat, and like you think about like how terrifying would that be to wake yeah. up in the middle of the ocean? You turn around and there's, there's a shark carrying you. Like Lois is really. Uh, has to deal with a, a lot of crazy stuff being Superman's girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. Why on earth is Jimmy have the watch to call Superman, but Lois doesn't? What the heck? <laughs> That's a good question. There is no reason why, Leia, I mean, she gets in way more trouble than, exactly. than Jimmy does. And, of course, more people, you know, Superman cares more about Lois than he does Jimmy. I think occasionally there's got to be some situations where he would just let Jimmy fall to his death or whatever because he's busy. He's not, <laughs> not going to do that for Lois because, of course, as played by Dana Delaney, oh, like, yeah. to yeah. me, this is like the best Lois Lane. Anybody, like, uh, Forgive me, Margot Kidder, great Lois Lane. I'm not saying, but I think Dana Delaney nailed it as Lois mm-hmm. Lane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think part of it, too, is because you know that the real Dana Delaney would make a great Lois Lane in live action. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. You know, back, especially back then, you know, obviously. Well, the 90s. and Dana Delaney, the way that they play this Lois Lane is she's capable. She's yep. the one who went off and got the motorcycle. She's the one that got Aquaman and is, you know, she yeah. gets there, she does it, you know. She's almost so. the co-star of the series, really, Lois mm-hmm. is. I mean, you know, she, and actually in a lot of cases, including this one, She's the one that gets the story rolling, and uh-huh. Superman just kind of sh- shows up and cleans up. You know, <laughs> it's kind of yeah. He's kind of ancillary to this story. It really is the Aquaman Lois show for this particular yeah. episode. Yeah, right. it's interesting too that in you know Lois and Lois's relationship. Not that I mean there there's 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 not really any romance between the relationship, but her relationship with Aquaman here is very important. And in the episodes where Superman and Batman finally meet. The relationship between Batman and Lois is very important to that story, right. <laughs> and they go in some very interesting directions in the, in those episodes. So, the, or the world's finest movie, as it's also known. I think there's something about the way Dana Delaney speaks, just something about the tenor of her voice that has a kind of flirtiness to it. And mm-hmm. so, even though 
she doesn't actively flirt with Aquaman here the way she does openly with Bruce Wayne. I mean, and that that's as you guys just talked about. Like she's openly kind of making a play for for Bruce. Uh, here, you still kind of kind of get the sense that like she kind of like is a little impressed by Aquaman. <laughs> she's a little like, you know, like when she makes a remark about how he's a king too. It's like. Ooh, yeah. you know, <laughs> and I yeah. always think she's kind of doing it a little just to just to poke at Superman a little, like to, you know, like oh, there's other superheroes, you know, right. <laughs> yeah. you know, you're not the only you're not the only game in town, uh, Cal. Yeah, I mean that. I mean that is kind of the the the, the running gag on the show is just how, you know, uh, Superman's kind of like super oblivious to yeah. to, to Lois. It's like, come on, dude, you know, <laughs> just. <laughs> Yeah, of course, I mean, that's kind of going with the comics. I mean, how it took him like 50-some years to finally, right. you know, get up the gumption to ask her to marry him, you know? So so kind of like you and me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, she does have, like, when she, you know, finds that he's king. Oh, a king? You think you know a guy? You know, yeah. like the way she yeah. kind of <laughs> Ooh la la. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I think they said... I. We'll get into it shortly. I have a story about this episode about how I got to actually interact with Bruce Tim and tell him how much I like the story. And Ooh. I think part of the reason that this episode on the um, audio commentaries, uh, they talk about this episode and that it's not one of the more popular ones. And partly, I think, because I think it's Aquaman. And just at the time, Aquaman was coming was was kind of really not going on much in the DCU. So he was not, you know, like a fan favorite or anything. But, yeah, I think it is because Superman is so sidelined. This episode is really Aquaman and Lois's wacky adventure versus Luthor. But nevertheless, they give him a bunch of great stuff. I mean, I love that the uh, Luthor guy fires the harpoon and Aquaman catches it. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, but, you know, like that's a great little thunk, you know. And, he's, and then just the ominous way that he lets the sea kind of carry him away where he's like, I'll be watching. I mean, and he's, mm-hmm. not, inti- he's not intimidated by Superman. Not no. remotely. He's just like, all right, I, you know, and he even gives Superman some crap where he's like, how can you work with these people? You know, and yeah. I, like, I like that a lot. He's just completely not flustered by Superman, and I think that's great. I think that makes Aquaman look super cool. And as you say, he doesn't need to have the hook for a hand to be badass. He's great here. He's terrific. Well, and, you know, and if Aquaman, I don't know, I can't remember. I get all the versions of Superman it mixed up in my head, but I don't know how much the public – I'm, I'm pretty sure the public knows Superman's an alien because that all comes up in the series finale when, right. you know, when Darkseid, you know, brainwashes him and the people turn against him and everything. But so if Aquaman, you know, from Aquaman's perspective, you know, they're out, he's an outsider to the surface world as well. So that that what he says to him is like, how can you side with these people? That that has even more weight because he mm-hmm. from Aquaman's perspective, he's like, you're not these awful, one of these awful people, why are you taking up for him, you know? Yep. So, and let's be honest here. Why didn't Superman let Aquaman nail Luther? It would have taken care of a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. of <laughs> and he was well within his rights. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I mean, you have Luther who doesn't care about the men that are serving under yeah. him and the men that he's serving with don't care about each other either. Mm-hmm. To me, it would have solved a whole lot of problems if <laughs> Aquaman had just been allowed to do it. <laughs> Superman turns and looks the other way. You know, it's just like, I didn't see that. <laughs> what do you want me to do? It's Aquaman. Yeah. That's right. It's kind of like when I was teaching preschool, I had this one little punk kid that picked on everybody and I, this kid just starts I mean, he just one. This other little kid had too much, and I just kind of walked away. Because <laughs> like, he just started beating the fire out of him. I'm like, oh, well. 
it's, it's, you know, there is there is something to that. Uh, I think it's. I mean, it's been, this much like Batman the animated series, Superman the animated series was so well voice cast. Um, oh yeah. That, that Andrea Romano, who was the voice, she just was. I don't know. They don't give Emmys for voice casting. I don't believe, but they should because I mean, Tim, uh, Tim Daly was a great Superman. Dana Delaney, we've already talked about. Clancy Brown is Lex Luthor. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Bibbo, even getting Brad Garrett to be Bibbo is fantastic. Yeah. And I love that, um, the, the, of course, the doctor is Dr. Cardi, which is a great little nod to Nick Cardi. It was, it was like just across the board. And the, the, these shows are just so well done. Well, let me ask you this. When Jimmy's at the SeaWorld type place, this this walrus comes at him. Do you think that was Tusky? I think I think that was a little nod to Tusky. I do. Yeah, I, I don't think how it, how it couldn't be. You know, it's, it's terrific. Really, I know. That, really well done. Yeah, the, the Tim and those guys they put in every Easter egg they can. You know? Oh yeah, I yeah, mean, it's, and you talk about Clancy Brown. I mean, Lex Lex in this one is a little seems a little more ruthless than even in some other episodes because he just seems like in and this is toward the end of the show. So you could kind of, if you want to be, you know, kind of read that into it, he's really getting tired of all these, you know, Lois and and Superman showing up and and screwing up his plan. So, I mean, he's just like, just take care of him. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. he's telling the guy, just take him out on the beach and shoot him. You know, like, wow. You know, I mean, that's, this is, uh, well, and like when the guys are, you know, but Mr. Luther, our men are still down there. Their beneficiaries will appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Dang! Wow! Yeah, I mean, he's. I, I think actually, I think uh, Clancy Brown is like one of the best Lexes, and and the the arc that the character gets from beyond here in the Justice League. I mean, if you want to, I keep talking about Justice League, but it, to me, Superman, Superman and Justice League almost feel like almost one whole a show to a point. Yeah. I mean, it's, if they'd had, uh, if Tim Daly had been able to do the voice, which I like George Newbern as Superman as well. And in fact, it's kind of a similar voice delivery, but, uh, you know, Lex's storyline, actually, he does get sloppy, you know, and, and the Justice League's able to finally bring him down uh, as the, you know, the the tycoon, the, the, the evil businessman behind the scene type thing. So... Um, so you could kind of even read that into this if you want that, man, Lex is really getting kind of just getting kind of careless here. He didn't. <laughs> so uh, and Superman even, you know, that that, uh, you know, that uh, naval officers like Mr. Luthor gives the orders around here. And Superman just like shoves him into a control <laughs> panel and it makes this god awful boom sound. You know, it's like, OK, they I think they, the sound department may have went a little overboard because it sounds like. <laughs> That guy should be like in two pieces now. Yeah, you know? he's just he's just a bag of bones, broken bones at this point. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's just had enough in this episode. Aquaman, Superman, Lois, Luthor—they're all. <laughs> yeah. Still say they should have let Aquaman shoot him. <laughs> you can't, you can't get rid of Lex, Cindy. I mean, you got to keep Luthor around. Now, if it was Man of Steel, or I mean, BBS Jesse Eisenberg, go for it. That's all. Yeah, that would have been all right. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this this episode was a big deal to me at the time because Aquaman was, you know, coming off of like another cancellation. He really wasn't seen outside of the comics because the Super Friends weren't around anymore. So this was like his. I now little, of course, did I know that there would be a live action Aquaman on Smallville just a couple of years down the line but in 1999 this was a big deal to me you know this was like wow Mm -hmm. superman's getting to be on aquaman's getting to be on tv and he looks like the aquaman that i like and miguel ferrer is not only a great actor but had so many geek credentials 
so you kind of know that he was probably really into it. And I was always disappointed that they never got a chance to to, to bring him back into the series because this was, of course, the final season. So, yeah, this is a terrific episode. And I guess now is the time to point out the um, opportunity I had to tell Bruce Tim about this personally. And this was in 1998 at the San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con, first one I'd ever went to. And there was a panel. There was a basically DC Superman animated series panel. And Bruce Tim was there with a bunch of other people, and we sat and listened. And then at one point, they said, oh, if you want to ask questions, go get in line and walk up to the mic. I was like, well, I got it. Okay, this is, here's my chance. So I went up, and I waited in line. I got up there, and I said, hello, Mr. Tim. And I said, I just want to say, I said, I am a huge Aquaman fan. I'm like the number one Aquaman fan. And I loved your episode that you did with Aquaman, A Fish Story. I just loved it. And he goes, Oh, and he looks really delighted. He goes, oh, well, thank you so much. He says, you know, we don't hear much about that. He says, a lot, a lot of people didn't like that one. And I just blurted out, screw them. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I had not intended to say that, but I did. And it got this huge <laughs> laugh across the hall. And Bruce, Tim laughed. And I was sort of like, oh, I, uh, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, well, and I said, no, I thought it was a great representation of the character. You did a great job. He says, well, thank you very much. He says, I... I, that, that's not one we hear about a lot. And I was like, well, I'm glad. And so I felt good that I could, you know, pop up, sort of uh, pop through the, um, the the fog of the Comic-Con, where I'm sure he met, you know, hundreds of fans while he was there. Right. And then later on, as I, w- I went back to my seat, and some of the other guys I was with, Tom Zoller, who you guys have met now, was with me, mm-hmm. and another, another pal from the Cubert Sean Tiffany, and they were, like, laughing uncontrollably because I just blurted that out. <laughs> I was just happy I didn't say the F word because I did not, would not wanted to say that in a room full of children. And uh, right. so, and as, as we walked out, like I actually got a bunch of strangers coming up to me and slapping me on the back and saying, I love that Aquaman episode. I'm so glad you said something. So, uh, okay. It had fans. There were, there were people that really liked it. So I, I felt good that I was able to, Bruce, Tim knows that at least somebody out there really appreciated the, there you well, go. that's great. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure. He gets people, you know, it's like, oh, Heart of Ice and Over the right. Edge and, you know, all these, you know, the, the the classic Batman animated series episodes and even, you know, Superman Legacy and Apocalypse Now and, you know, all this. So, I I, I mean, I, I bet you he genuinely, I mean, I, I totally believe he genuinely was excited to hear that you love that episode because it is a really strong story. I mean, you know, it's, 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 uh. You know, there's a little, you know, little social relevance in there, so that's nice yeah, too. Gets yeah. you think, gets you thinking, and yeah. I think Aquaman should always, always have that, and and uh, that's great. That's fantastic. Yeah, uh, one of my one of my great moments in the San Diego Comic I'm just happy I didn't say the F word. I would have really, been, <laughs> I would have been really mad at myself if I had said that because I don't want to talk like that in front of people. So, but uh, Rock, yeah, so, Kelly, Mount Kelly. Yeah, 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 there you go. So well, that's uh, that's a fish story. Uh, I don't think there's any. Do we have anything else we want to want to say about it before we sign off? Why didn't they have the whoop 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 telepathy sound rings? <laughs> yeah, they yeah, the sound was subtle, but they didn't have the rings. Yeah, yeah, and right. the, the sound was kind of low. It was kind of a low, you know. Yeah, but just, they didn't have the rings. They didn't have the rings. Yeah, I, I think it's like the first time that he did that on Justice League and had the rings. I was like, yes. You know, it's like, cause I was disappointed. I remember watching it then thinking, oh, come on, man. Of course right. the rings. You know, it's like, <laughs> we need that visual. I mean, that's not just the super friends. That's from the comics, you know, it's right. So, uh, you know, but one other thing I will say, cause Cindy, <laughs> Cindy pointed out this, she's like, oh, seagulls, you know, and that's not something you see a lot. Aquaman. I said, well, that's, that is from the comic comics. 
I will say this, given our recent beach vacation. Oh, my gosh. That a flock of seagulls can be a scary thing. Uh (laughs) Oh, my gosh. My sister told me, oh, take some Pop-Tarts with you. The seagulls really love them. What she didn't tell me is. I'm sure that's good for seagulls is (laughs) (laughs) Pop-Tarts. They were unfrosted. They're not good for anybody. but (laughs) But, but. The minute we pulled that, that, that I, out, I, oh, you did. Yeah, you me. opened it. I mean, every seagull in a 100-mile radius showed up on this beach. <laughs> Over my head. And Cindy, Cindy's got this great picture that looks like it's something from Alfred Hitchcock where she's shooting up about the seagulls above her. Because, so, like, Chris, and here's the thing, Chris and Andrew took off and left me and Danny. I thought you were right behind me. I did not know. I turned around and looked and they're being swarmed by seagulls. Yeah. And I'm like, (laughs) got Danny and I'm yanking her underneath at me trying to shoot. She's like covering her up. So when Aquaman calls those seagulls to free him and Lois, I totally believe it. Okay. (laughs) Hey, I mean, the seagulls do a lot of the attacking and the birds, Alfred Hitchcock's the birds. They can, yeah, there's nothing to mess around with. And I, I, that's a whole topic for another episode of like how much of the of of uh, animal life is Aquaman control because they're not fish, they're birds. No, I know, you yeah. know, but yet he can control them. So it's like him and Hawkman need to have a conversation about who can control the, you know, seagulls. Well, yeah. I don't know. But they have C in their name. So. They do have right. C in their name. So there you go. Yeah, I, I, I like the idea. Of I would always expanding Aquaman. Yeah, to beach. I, I was. I would love to see like Aquaman, like dropped in a forest or something. And just to see if he could, like, you know, like, talk down a bear or something, you know? <laughs> right. I mean, because I mean, why not? I mean, what's yeah. the difference, you know? I mean, that's to me, that's if he can control seagulls or, you know, push them to do what he wants, then why not? I mean, I would really I'm, – I'm, that's kind of a joke, but I would really like to see somebody do that. And, and, and if, to my knowledge, in 75-plus years, nobody's done it yet. Yeah, what are the limits to his animal telepathy? Right. Do they have to have some ocean connection? Yeah. You know? well, we've seen him kind of like he's he sent signals to humans and stuff a right. few times. Right, Justice there, League. So. Jerry Conway had him do that when he was messing around with Steel's brain in Justice League Detroit. Right, so. right. Of course, he shut down the brain of that whale guy and that oh, animal. Oh, I love that story I- so much. <laughs> He lobotomized that guy. Uh, that guy, that whale is still floating around, or he's just been pecked apart by sharks. That, 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 <laughs> that's, that's an episode for another day. I love that storyline. So Beast Wars. Oh my God, that story's so good. So yeah, no, I, that's, I think this is a great representation of Aquaman. I think they did a great job. But I mean, as usual, I mean the Bruce Tim and Paul Dini. These those guys were just totally in the zone for Batman animated series and Superman and Justice League. They just they were just knocking it out of the park so consistently and this was one of the last kind of toys that i bought because they made a figure in the of classic aquaman in the justice league jlu style and so i did buy Mm -hmm. that one i was very excited to have a the classic aquaman yeah that's good stuff so all right well i think that is going to do it for fire and water number 199 199 we are now the very next episode which shag will be back for he's finally going to be done with his vacation or whatever the hell he's doing uh he will be back (laughs) He'll be back for episode 200, so that's our that's our next episode. So, uh, Chris, Cindy, thank you guys so much for coming on to talk about this episode. This was super fun. Oh, it was a pleasure. We we're anytime we get to talk to you, and anytime we get to talk about the Tim verse or the DC oh, yeah, animated exactly. universe, we're up for it. All right, what's your uh, tell everybody? Not that they don't know, but tell them what your shows here on the network. Well, Cindy and I are both on the Supermates podcast, which is Cindy and I talking about whatever geeky topic comes up in our minds and what we want to talk about and uh, i'm also on batman nightcast 
which is on a hiatus right now because like Ryan Daly had to go and have a kid or something. I mean, what the hell's up with that? You know, <laughs> jeez priorities, people priorities. Uh, <laughs> I'm also on Superman movie minute with you, Rob and Yay. which, yeah, Superman, more Superman with us. And, uh, also power records, uh, when we do that on occasion. So, uh, I'm all over the network. And what about your wonderful toys? Oh, yeah, that, the wonderful toys that, that shows up on Fire and Water Presents. That's right. Where does he get those wonderful toys? I almost forgot my own show. Thanks, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gotcha, I, I will, I've said it before. I've said it again. I never tire of you guys talking about toys. I could listen to that all day and all night. As I, if you guys had time to do a whole separate show on toys, I would be all over that. I love that. Those are like my favorite things you guys do. Oh. Well, like I said before, and I told you, you know, the Mira Barbie is coming, Rob. Okay. So, you know, that kind of plays into this episode. So. All right. Well, all right. If you want to drop a hint, my birthday is next month, Cindy. So I'm so just saying. So is mine. <laughs> well, that's well mine's September 2nd. So, yeah. Right. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. Okay. We'll see, see what we can do. So uh, we, have some money in the, we have some money in the fire and water kitty. I'll use that for the Mira doll. So uh, anyway, thanks, <laughs> thanks guys so much for coming on. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, until next week, fan the flame and ride the wave. Lucky he was passing by. I've got ten more circling us right now. Hope they're not hungry. Want me to ask them? How'd you find me? Ran into a couple of Luthor's men. I sort of squeezed it out of them. Is that who I think it is? Aquaman in the flesh.